Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is Julie Bates with the podcast Training the Pointing Labrador, episode number 241. And so as some of you may be aware, if you kind of visit these with some some frequency, is I have like two separate things going. I have a puppy series going uh, where we started at bringing the little guy home at eight weeks and we're kind of going slowly along there. So that's puppy series. And then the other day, the, at the end of every week, I do another one on, on dog training stuff in general, usually kind of a very specific topic. And on, we've gone over the electric collar and force fetch and stuff. And I think today I'm going to reorient this one toward people and you and I as dog trainers and just some things to think about about that because I, what what makes me choose this topic and it's not from any listener questions or comments or anything like that it's just something because I've been out and about much more now that I no longer live on my own place and train all my kennel full of dogs and have my clients out all the time so then I would tend to see a fairly closed world you know my world of dog people my clients my dogs kind of my way of doing things and I would see that I would we'd go to competitions and of course watch other people and judge and stuff but but now that I'm not doing that anymore and I'm more like a regular person then I'm in all of these other training groups and watching people in the various clubs around here great dog people that I wouldn't have been around because I'd have been too busy training my own dogs uh, and when you're a, a professional then you have your own boatload of dogs and it's hard to have you know too many other people in so now I'm out there more in the general dog world and some of the observations that I've made because I just can't help it <laughs> that's just kind of what I do I don't ever sit there uh, kind of numb and not you know I'm always either watching the dogs or watching the people running the dogs or something I just that's kind of how I'm geared but what I see and I see people that I saw 30 years ago and 20 years ago you know and they're they're still out there doing their thing and they're doing it about the same as they were doing it 10 or 20 years ago and then I watch when people get all excited about uh, a new oh we got training days now or we're gonna have some help and stuff and people come in and they're very interested in a thing you're gonna tell them you know how do I get my dog to do this you know my dog won't do a mark very long so how do I get this get him to do him longer or how do I get my dog to come back or or you know yeah my dog's this is the one I really like my dog is very good at blinds most of the time and then other times they're not <laughs> it's like okay then they're probably not real good at running blinds I, I don't know so but people have these these issues and they're looking for an answer to their issue and I really see this a lot I see this a lot because when I talk to people now and they tell me whose seminars they've been to and they've been to good seminars I mean you know the good people and and the ones that are most popular in terms of seminars are ones that give you stuff to do and they give you an order in which you do it and so you know if you have the they love drills oh people love drills and if you have drills and then if you have some gizmos with your drills whether it's a white bucket 
or a white post or a, but whatever, whatever kind of, I don't always know all of them, but when you have all that stuff, so then you have some stuff to get and then you have some instructions about what to do and how often to do it. And, <laughs> and so that people love that. So then they, I, I always hear, you know, who, whose system they, they use and what they've, but what I see, that's what I hear. What I see is their dog looking mostly like it, the one before looked and the one before looked. So whatever level of, of expertise they have tended to achieve in the past, they continue to achieve now. And, and then they're still hard at it. So, right, the question is, so what's wrong with that? <laughs> nothing, absolutely nothing. If people like what they're doing and they're happy and they're having fun, go for it. I, I wouldn't change a thing about that. If somebody would like to be a little better than they are, a little more successful, a little more, have a little bit more mastery about what they're doing, then you have to have, in my opinion, just my opinion, a little bit different of approach. So doing anything well, anything well, is uh, is because it's a it's a certain sort of knowing, right? If, whatever you want to do, you want to run your dog and get them qualified all age or more. I had a guy the other day tell me I, I want a field champion. I'm not sure he knew what that meant, but I he meant in other words he wanted the highest level of field title you could have on a dog and so right after that he told me all the kind of stuff he wasn't going to do with his dog one of which I believe was he wasn't going to force fetch his dog you know and if you don't want to force fetch your dog then for heaven's sakes don't but if you want to go do things that are all premised on that one fundamental training tool it's going to be a little bit hard so, and I didn't even get into that stuff. You know, I just, he'd done a real good job with his dog and, and he was having fun, which is what most people are doing. I'm having fun. Don't push me. So I'm not very good for the don't push me crowd. Um, I'm a little bit better on the crowd that's like, yeah, even if it's uncomfortable, push me on this stuff. And, and so that's a little bit who I'm talking to today. How do you get better than you are? And maybe like way better. Um, if you think, and I, I will say this very comfortably, if you think that you, you got this and you're, you're pretty darn good, <laughs> then you're done. You're, you know, you've hit wherever your ceiling is, wherever that is, that's where you are and you aren't gonna go any further because you see no need to go any further. You know, you're now having fun and happy where you are. And again, that's fine too. But just understand, there's a lot of danger to thinking, yeah, I got this, because then you step back and you relax. And when you do that, you are no longer pushing any limits, pursuing a little bit more, trying to understand a little bit more, trying to maybe do just a little bit more. So you know, being happy where you are and satisfied and thinking you've got this. I don't know anybody in the world who's got this. The best trainers I've ever known in my life, both dog and horse, and I've known some extremely good ones there, 
are never, I, they never say, well, listen, I know what to do. I never, you never hear that. Matter of fact, they usually, if you start pushing them and asking a lot of questions, they get kind of quiet. They don't just be spewing their expertise all over the place because they know enough to know that there's still a bunch of stuff that they don't know about a particular situation, a particular problem, a particular animal, or most importantly, that particular person that's asking them the question. Because that's where the problem probably started, not necessarily, probably, and that's where the answer's going to lie, and that person probably isn't looking that direction. So for anyone who is serious about getting better, I'm going to throw out some ideas and some approaches and some thoughts. And the first thing is, if you're going to be somebody that's, listen, I'm, I'm training a dog or I'm learning to train a dog and I want to get better than I am right now, all right, the first thing that I would encourage all of us to do is throw out every excuse in the world. Just throw them out. Even, you might even have some real ones. Throw them out also. Also. So by that I mean, well, I just don't have time. Throw that one out. If you want to become a good dog trainer, then find a way to have uh, some value-added time where you can do this. Period. Otherwise, you know, why do you have the dog? So, or pay someone else to do it. But I don't have the time uh, is... There's always time. There is always time. Again, I worked full time, had kids, trained dogs, always because it was important to me. And I knew that the only way I'd ever get better is by working really hard at what I was trying to do and learn. So throw out that there's no time. Throw out the, uh, there's no place for me to go do this. I have no place. I live, and, and again, you can get creative on that stuff. You know, they're building a new Walmart four miles over, and right now, go over there at early in the morning. You know, let the local cop know that you're going to be there, and you're not doing it. You're just out doing some stuff with your dog. Th throw that excuse out. Throw out the excuse that, I, I, you know, I don't know. I need help. I don't know what I'm doing. Now, help is good. Help is always good. But you can. You're listening to this. You obviously understand current technology. There are ways, there are opportunities to find, not the person with all the answers, because I always say run as fast as you can from that, but find some good programs, do some research, find, if there's somebody in your area, do whatever it takes. I used to tell people, if there's a good pro in your area and you can't, you're not going to send your dog off to them, offer to wash their truck every week, do something Find a way to get around people who know the things that you want to get to know. Period. That's just how you do it. I threw birds for a field trial group for an entire year before I even got my dog. Because I just wanted to really understand all this stuff first. So here I am, this professional lady that has a professional job doing other things. And I would come out all weekend if I wasn't traveling. All weekend. And throw all day Saturday and throw all day Sunday for these people. Just throw birds. And every now and then one of them would let me run one of their dogs. There were a few field champions. Ah, so exciting. I, I just spent a whole year doing that to learn and to get in. You know, and then I joined the local clubs. And folks, I'll tell you this. I joined the local clubs and I worked my tail off. 
I did the icky work. I secretaried field trials in the old days, which was all by hand. There was no, no uh, entry express or any of that stuff. And then I would shoot flyers and I would throw birds and I would do that kind of stuff because I was going to immerse myself in this world that I found so fascinating. And I would, didn't want to just go and have fun. I worked. You know, I'd sit out at a long station, you know, and shoot and throw birds for four or five hours. You know, that's hard. <laughs> but, but I was, one, paying my dues, and two, learning all the things all the time. So I encourage people, when you join organizations, do not stand off to the side and watch the other dogs and wait for your turn. Jump in. Even if you kind of step on a few toes in the beginning. I know I did that. Pretty soon I built myself into that stuff and was a part of it and was helpful and helped new people. So believe it or not, you want to learn this dog training stuff? Jump in. I, it can be scary. And if you're shy or socially, that's a difficult thing for you. I'm sorry. Do it anyway because that's the way that you get good. And this isn't glamorous. We're not doing drills. We're not sitting at a seminar having someone tell us stuff. We're just working the, the work side of this stuff. Um, and it's, it, you got to, one, pay your dues. And two, if you sit there and study dogs for four hours, you learn a lot of stuff. You learn a lot of stuff about bird placement and what birds, dogs do and whether they have resentment when they're out there or whether they're loving it or whether they're afraid. And you learn about different ways of training and different approaches that you may want or not want. It is a big deal to do. So I strongly encourage you, don't be one of the guys standing around talking, trying to get out of going to the longbird. Just jump out there and go to the longbird. Um, so that's one, one part that's real important. The other part is when you're doing this, and you go to all the seminars you want and, and learn what you can. Um, people, I, you know, that's, I have a lot of difficulty giving seminars. I do. But people come there and they want something specific. They're looking for, and again, if you give them all these little drills, they're just thrilled. They're thrilled. I had one at a seminar I gave a number of years ago where they said, okay, now, tell, we, we had kind of, we're wrapping up, just had questions and sitting around talking, and they wanted to, let me give them the, the shortcuts, the shortcuts. And I, I was like, did you listen to anything I've said? This isn't a shortcut thing. <laughs> it's just not. I'm going to use sports and athletics. You know, I'm training for another Ironman right now. If there was a shortcut to that, I would take it in our beat. But I've been doing it long enough now. There's no shortcut. It's hard. You either do the work and understand why you're doing it and do it with all your heart or don't. It's pretty much that simple. And it's exactly that way in our competitive dog stuff or just our dog stuff. All right? it's, there are no shortcuts. It's not going to be easy. Sometimes it's not even fun. Sometimes, you, you know, you got to deal with some problems or you something happens and it can be very frustrating. Okay, <laughs> that's part of the deal. If you understand that and understand your contribution to that, which is almost 100%, um, then you can make some good progress. So I'll, I'm going to step over to the second part of this. One is, you know, jump in and do the hard work stuff. 
Be the guy, okay, be the guy that does more work than anyone else. Everybody gets real mad. I was out there all day, and he sat in the truck. You know, there's always that stuff. Just don't be the guy sitting in the truck. Be the guy out there doing it. That's the one getting the benefit. So, again, no excuses, no whining. Just do it. Do the stuff. Do the work. And then when you're doing your dog stuff, yes, you have to have a program. You have to... Uh, have systems and ways of doing things, you have to understand. If you go to a seminar and they have all these drills and you got the white buckets and all that stuff and they tell you what to do, if you just go out and duplicate what you saw and repeat it without understanding what the purpose of all that was, what the process was, how do I, as my dog gets better and better and I get better and better, how do I increase the challenge? What am I trying to get out of this? And when do I stop? When do I move on to the next set of things? If you don't understand that, then you're going to go out there, you're going to duplicate something for a while until you either you feel it gets boring or you feel like, well, it seems easy, I got it, and you move on. You, you do, what, what have you gotten? You know, what is better now because of that? Probably dog's better at the drill. But if people don't know how to take that and build upon it to the next step, then you're just going to look for another seminar and another set of drills because that's how you train dogs is by practicing drills that someone told you to do. Dog training, though drills and all of that, is certainly a part of it when they are useful. If they are not useful, there is no point in and doing it so you really do you know you should ask if you get a set of drills ask a thousand questions drive them nuts okay why should i do this what do i get out of this how do i know you know what's how how do i know what and when i'm done or what to move on to next the other part of it and to me the biggest part of all of this is when you're doing the drills or doing what someone told you or going through whatever motions and it doesn't go well, what is your first response to that? So you know what it is normally, this darn dog. What is wrong with this darn dog? You know, the, the, and I'm going to say this, I'm sorry. The people go, I don't know, what dog got out of the truck today? Well, <laughs> it's the same dog you train all the time. The difference is probably either some stuff you've done up leading up to this or you that day. And until you recognize that, it's just going to keep being that darn dog. And you'll never be able to change that darn dog because it's not the darn dog that is, that is creating the issue. It is the manager and handler of the darn dog that is doing that. Now, it may be related to something you did two weeks ago or two days ago or that morning or just how you feel as you're going, you know, as you're getting nervous for whatever this training day or competitive event is, you're nervous, and you do not realize the impact of your nervousness on the dog because you never pay attention to your input and your contribution to all this work. If you are willing to do that, if you are willing, when, when I say get rid of all the excuses, that means the darn dog excuse. I've done everything. It's this darn dog that does this or that. You know, are there days where they mess up stuff? Absolutely. Are there days when you're, you're running a test that normally they would handle well and they just, you had to handle on all the birds? 
Does that happen? Yes, because they're living creatures. It isn't that darn dog going, I'm just going to screw this guy over because he paid a big entry fee. It's just like the time when you make an error driving or you make an error doing something you do because you're human. And you rarely do that, but you did it now. But the world doesn't come down and crush you. You know, just try not to do that again. Understand that you're, you know, you're a human. And these guys are canine. But when they come out and exhibit behaviors that are radically different from stuff, it's unless the dog has a mental issue or a physical issue, which sometimes it can be that. Sometimes dogs have pain and we don't know it. And sometimes dogs are kind of cuckoo, and people tend to ignore that as well. Assuming you don't have one of those issues that is organic to the dog, then you need to uh, look at what you've done. In your, it, it, that's probably one of the hardest things to get across to people. It's sort of a standing joke in my training group with my clients that, that I've had for a long time. No, <laughs> you'll never hear anybody doing that darn dog thing. I don't. Maybe they think it, but nobody says it out loud. And uh, people have figured out what things they do and what a big part they are of the success and a big part of the not success that's had. So if you really want to get good at this, instead of blaming the darn dog. Instead of thinking that you need one or two more drills or another seminar or two and you'll have it, instead of that, sit back and go, all right, I've, I'm the human here. I have a canine brain. This dog is, to the best of its talent and ability, willing and wanting to play the games and learn the things that I want them to learn. So it's my job to figure out how that animal learns best and folks they learn differently just like you and I do the way that that my kids learn is completely different than the way I learn because I they're ADHD and I'm not at all I can't do two things at one time I can only do one they can do five so you just like with people you have to figure out how does this dog learn and there's so many aspects to that and I've covered that before some take in data real quickly some moderately, some very slowly. Some, they take in data and then the next day it's gone. And you've got to, just like people, you know, they can't memorize something in one day. So you got to repeat and do that kind of stuff. Other dogs, if you do a lot of repetition, oh, God, they get just bored, just woof, like a real smart kid. You know, don't repeat stuff they already know. So you have to figure those things out. One of the reasons people don't have the success they want is because they're, they're going off the drills and what they're told to do and not off the unique nature of this dog that they're training. And if you've got more than one dog you're training, you got to figure that out for all of them. Well, you don't have to. You can just put them all through the same process. Some will do well, and then you'll have some that do terribly and some that do push back and are very resistive. You'll have that because you're chunking everybody through the same manufacturing process. And it doesn't work that way. But if you can find it within yourself to remove your ego and your this is how you do this and learn about the dog and make those adjustments, then you can get better. So having a good system is extremely important. Having a system that's ba based on teaching instead of punishing the wrong behavior, 
tends to be far more successful. The one, the 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 beat 'em up tough guy thing does work with some some dogs. It, it very effective, uh, and a lot of other dogs, it's completely unnecessary. So you create some resentment and some pushback and stuff, and then when your dog goes and does that, you're wondering what's wrong with that darn dog. <laughs> it's because this dog's going. Oh, I don't like this anymore. You are just not any fun to do this with. So the, in my opinion, you know, you got to have a good system. Then you have to understand it and the whys and what's of it. And, you know, that's not easy. It, it, you know, gosh, I've been doing dog training all my life. I've been doing this serious retriever stuff for, I'm not even going to say how long because it's probably older than most of you. But I've been doing it a long time, always getting a little bit better, a little bit more understanding. I have adjusted what I do over the years because I learned that and a weakness was always me because I have learned again I'll say from the best retriever trainers that ever walked the planet I have learned from those people and I and then I I can ask them a lot of questions you know everybody gets mad I don't care I ask a lot of questions but it wasn't until I had practiced it over and over and over with all these different dogs and all this time and, and all of this that, and knowing that I was the weakness, um, knowing that I was a weakness, I'm lucky. I, I, I grew up to a, to an extreme fault of thinking everything was always my, my fault, but it, there's a good positive aspect to that. And that is anything that I want to do academically, anything I want to do athletically, anything I want to do in my world of dogs depends entirely on me and how much I'm willing to invest myself in the work part of this and the understanding part of it. And if I take the responsibility for what these animals do, I don't blame them at all. Um, they are just being what they are. And as the, the being with a little bit more intelligence, I hope, and a little bit more awareness of this stuff, I'm the one that does the teaching and the developing and providing experiences for these guys. And I have to always look at myself for all of this. Now, is that, you know, that's not always fun. And working real hard when you'd rather be sitting is not always fun. But if you want to get better, those are the kind of things that you do. And you won't get, you can't go from zero to 60, you know, in six months or a year or years even. Because <laughs> I'm still getting better and it's been a long time. So if you kind of humble up a little bit and pay a lot, a lot of attention and do as much work as you can, you will be surprised at how much the dogs will reflect that and kill all the excuses all of the excuses, any weird screwball stuff your dog does, assuming it's physically and mentally solid and stable, is somehow something you did. So just start looking at it that way, and things get so much easier to solve. And you don't have to travel all over the United States going to seminars to try to find the one or two tricks that are going to fix this for you. Because what's ultimately going to fix it is you. And how you approach this and how you how you think about this as with anything anything that you have done mastered and done well in the world it didn't just drop out of the sky on you you know it took it took some doing on this stuff so uh just to summarize you can you you're if you think you got this you don't uh, probably not listen to this podcast anyway 
throw out all the excuses, understand the fundamentals and goals behind what you're doing and how to know when you're done, not done. What are the signs? How do I know what I'm doing here? What comes next? Understand all that. And then when you are doing and teaching, take all of the responsibility for teaching the dog, giving the dog practice, working with them when things don't go well. What is it that you maybe missed that's causing them to do that? Did you leave something out? Were you not thorough enough? Did you not repeat something enough times? And really understand your student. And that's not an easy thing, you know, because we just make so many assumptions. Okay, we got a, this kind of a dog, and they're this way, and this is how you do this, and this is what I'm going to do. And, all, and you make all these assumptions. Try not to make any. And, you know, my whole puppy series, I'm trying to get people to kick back and learn. Kick back and watch this dog. Observe things that normally as a puppy, you just go ahead and get in it, and you just don't even think about it. Dog's telling you its whole story as a puppy. There's your chance to learn a ton of stuff right there and continue through. And most of all, I'd say it's not really the style these days, I notice. <laughs> it's something I, I'm glad that I learned and I will use until I can't do it anymore. But be the guy doing the work. Always be the one doing the boring hard work. And use that as an opportunity to learn stuff you'd have no other way to learn. So that's today's kind of a lecture and stuff, but I'm, I'm, it gets frustrating watching people blame the wrong things for why they're still where they always were, or just seem to always have the same issues and problems. Dog across dog across dog. <laughs> so anyway, that's today's. Springtime is here. We've got more snow coming this week, so interesting spring and winter, but I know we all had one one way or the other. So I wish everybody the best. Puppy series coming early next week, and I will be back soon.